The following message is recorded at City Light Church in Vicksburg, Mississippi. City Light Church exists to shine the light of Christ in our city and world through the transformed lives of His people. For more information on the church and its ministries, please visit www.citylightvicksburg.org. Gospels Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 26. Hear the words of the Lord. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who who was called barren, excuse me. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. How's everybody doing? Good. Amen. Amen. There's this guy. You probably heard of him. Uh, He wrote a few children's books uh, back in the day. uh, Named Dr. Seuss. Anybody heard of him? You know, just a few children's books. Uh, but he has this one, Horton Hears a Who. Did I say that right? Is that the right? right? Horton Hears a Who. Uh, so if anybody knows, is familiar with it. So the town of Whoville is in trouble, and they're about to be destroyed, and, you know, they're screaming out in terror, and Horton hears them and finds them, and so Horton makes them a promise that he will get them to a safe place. Amen. And he says what? Because um, he goes through some stuff. If you, if you, I say seen the movie. I'm not a big reader. <laughs> Y'all like that? Uh, so if you've seen the movie, you know, he goes through some things trying to get them to this safe place. And they're like, you know, Horton, it's okay. You know, I get it, man. You tried, you know. And, and Horton says, you know, I meant what I said and I said what I meant. And you know what? An elephant is faithful 100%. So Horton was saying, look, I made you a promise that I'm going to get you to safety, and I'm going to do that. God is our promise keeper, amen? Um, In Genesis chapter 12, uh, God makes a promise to a man called Abram. Uh, When, or rather, while in the narrative 
God is addressing Abram, but the text is about God. Amen? Amen. Uh, I should have had this pulled up, but let me turn there. Genesis chapter 12, if you like to turn and read. Genesis chapter 12, just three verses. And y'all forgive me for not having it pulled up. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Again, he's addressing Abram, but the text is about God. Here it's, I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will bless those who bless you. And those who dishonor you, I will curse. The text is about God. God is doing something. God is speaking. God is working. Amen? So he's the star, not Abram. Uh, now, while we will do well to speak highly of Abram, much like uh, we will do well to speak of Mary in our uh, text this morning. Uh, Elizabeth, even in her greeting, uh, or the angel rather in his greeting, calls her old favored one, right? Mary says, not Mary, Elizabeth says something similar when she greets her. She is the mother of our Savior, amen? So we will do well to speak well or speak highly of the both of them, but God is the most high. And it is him who is speaking to us in Genesis. It is him who is speaking to us in our text in Luke. And it is him who speaks to us whenever we read any text anywhere in all of Scripture. Amen. It is his story, his narrative, his people, and his promise. God is working in and through Abraham. But again, it is God's work. It is God's work and God who is working. Excuse me. God has also done uh, amazing work uh, here in the last couple of weeks through Pastor Brian as he's been walking us in this Advent season through uh, some of the history of God's promise, uh, starting in Isaiah uh, last week again. And, and what I can't see, I did not believe there was a sermon in Matthew chapter 1. Anybody else? Um, I, I see I'm not alone. Brian told me I'm going to be preaching through the baguettes. I was like, what? Are you serious? But again, he did it. If you missed it, please go to um, our app, City Light, and uh, see, listen to it because he preached a sermon uh, through the baguettes. Um, but walking us through the history that's attached to this promise, God showing his faithfulness, even again, looking at that history, we have good king, bad king, good king, bad king. Even the good kings were bad kings, right? Because David, the man after God's own heart, we heard what he did. Everybody's familiar with him and Bathsheba, right? And then upon getting her, not only did he keep her and make her uh, his baby's mama, but he sends her husband to die. So even the good kings, the man after God's own heart was a bad king. But in the midst of God's, uh, of our unfaithfulness and our lack of faith, King Ahaz in, in Isaiah chapter 7, God remains faithful to his promise. Amen? Let's take a look at Isaiah. And we won't re-preach 
anything that Brian did, mainly because we couldn't. But just to kind of remind us of some of the texts that we looked at, Isaiah chapter 7, starting at verse 10, and we're going to kind of skip around. 10 through 14, again the Lord said uh, to Ahaz, ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. God said something. He made a promise. And he's saying, hey, you don't believe me? Ask for a sign, okay? Uh, verse 13, excuse me, no, 12. But Ahaz says, I will not ask and I will not put the Lord to the test. And he said, hear then, O house of David, God is speaking anyway. Is it too little for you to weary men that you will not, uh, excuse me, that you will weary God also? Therefore, the Lord himself, he's addressing man, but if the text is about God, the Lord himself will give you a sign. You won't ask for one. I said, hey, ask me. Ask me, but you won't ask me, I'll give you one myself. Behold, the virgin shall conceive. Text in, 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 in Luke says, what, nothing shall be impossible to God. That sounds pretty impossible, right? The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel. And again, we remember from a couple of weeks ago when he preached this, this is Psalm 740 years prior to. Let's look at 9, Isaiah 9. Six and seven. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of his peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Who will do this? The Lord will. Amen. And again, Matthew, just kind of re rehearsing in our ears some of what we heard God being faithful to his promise. He is the promise keeper. Amen. Uh, verse 1, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, who is also Abram, the man to whom he spoke the promise in Genesis 12. Amen. 2, again, we see Abraham was the father of Isaac. Go down to 17 for me. So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations, and from David to the deportation, excuse me, 16, I'm sorry. And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus Christ was born, who is called the Christ, and that puts us back in Luke chapter 1. In the narrative of God's story, as it's laid out in our text this morning, uh, we have three characters. Uh, we have the angel who declares good news, speaking to Mary, a favored one. We have Mary who receives good news, uh, saying in herself, going from being troubled, wondering what manner of greeting this is, to finally saying, according to your word, let it be unto me. And Elizabeth who witnesses good news, and that is when Mary walks in the door and she greets Elizabeth and the babe in her womb leaps and Elizabeth has this declaration, this spirit-driven declaration, amen, almost a knee-jerk reaction. 
And from this thought, we'll frame our discussion this morning with four points. Uh, God declares good news. God carries good news. God multiplies good news. And the fruit of good news is praise and honor for God. I don't want anybody to be scared by the four points. We're still not going to be here a long time. Amen? In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. So what do we know? Elizabeth is six months pregnant. Uh, we get that again starting from 28. In the sixth month, if you didn't read 24 and 25, you wouldn't necessarily know what they're talking about there, maybe the sixth month of the year. But in 24, 25, it says that she was five months pregnant. And so, boom, 26 in the sixth month. Uh, so we know she's six months pregnant. We know that God has sent Abram, not Abram, mercy, that's Genesis 12. God has sent Gabriel to a city of Galilee called Nazareth, and we know that he was sent to a virgin betrothed to a man uh, named Joseph uh, of the house of David, and we know that the virgin's uh, name was Mary. And we acknowledge those things because God is flexing his muscles in a way, or that's the sense that I got as I was reading this, because he's setting up what should be a poor man's story. There is nothing, if you're reading the back jacket of this book, there is nothing that makes you say, I want to take this book home and read it. Amen? There were certainly more prominent places than Galilee. And out of all the places in Galilee, God chose Nazareth. Get that. And if you want to know what people feel about Nazareth, again, you can search the Gospels. And there's this brother named uh, Nathaniel, and he asked the question, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Amen? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? If the Podunk town, everybody know what Podunk is, small, insignificant. Uh, if the Podunk town of Nazareth was not enough, God sends Gabriel to Nazareth to a virgin. Who's betrothed? She's not even married yet to tell her, hey, a, a baby's coming, amen? So he goes with motherhood in his mouth. Now, none of these are ideal circumstances, but again, like we saw in Genesis 12, God is addressing Mary, but the text is about God, amen? This is, we're, we're, we're dealing here with the incarnation of Christ. The, the, the immaculate conception, not immaculate birth per se, because he had a natural birth as far as what birthing was natural in those days. I don't know if they did it any different than we do. They probably don't go to the university, though, or like Vicksburg. Yeah. But the immaculate conception, and, and this is important because this is like one of the hinges upon which hangs all of Christianity, Right? But again, we see God keeping his promise because we saw virgin, vir, the virgin shall conceive 700 some odd years prior, right, in Isaiah. Y'all remember that? That's why we read those scriptures. But again, he's addressing Mary, oh, favored one, but the text is about God. God is speaking. God is working, keeping, working to keep the promise that he made to Abram in Genesis 12. So 28, he greets her. Am I sweating? 
I love Jewish. <laughs> Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. I thought it interesting that in most every translation I looked at, there was an exclamation point there. They didn't have it in the King James Version, so Brother Joe didn't see it. Um, but most others, they had the uh, exclamation point there. Can you, uh, uh, as I read it, I, I kind of wondered, you know, what was she doing in this moment? You know, was she washing clothes? Was she getting water from the well? You know, was she in the market? You know, what was she doing? Was she at Starbucks? They didn't have that back then. But, you know, what was she doing? And then from out of nowhere, you get this, and, and I don't know what Gabriel looked like, but I imagine he didn't necessarily look like he was from around there, right? So all of a sudden, you're minding your own business, and you get, greetings, oh, favored one, the Lord is with you. Would that startle you? If I just came up to you now and, and did that, would that startle you? Probably not if you saw it with me, because that's kind of the sort of thing I would do. But <sighs> mercy. But what was Mary's reaction to this greeting? It was what you would probably expect. Verse 29, but she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, do not fear, Mary, for you have found favor with God. I'm glad he didn't lead with this part, right? So the angel continues, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Can you imagine if he would have led with that? Now get, get Mary, and, and, and folks vary on what her age was right now, but she was young. Okay, she was young. Excuse me. Uh, but you shall conceive and bear a son, uh, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. Excuse me, let me go down to 33. And the Lord will give you, uh, and the Lord will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Now in Genesis 15, uh, and if you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me. Again, what we're doing, we're just tracing the hand of God, showing that he is indeed our promise keeper. Amen. Genesis 15, verses 5 and 6. God speaks to Abram and tells him, excuse me, I lost it. Five and six. And he brought him outside and said, look toward heaven and number the stars. If you are able to number them, then uh, if, if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Now, get who he's saying this to. Go up to verse two. But Abraham said, oh, Lord God, what will you give me for I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. God speaks to him and tells him, look to heaven, number the stars, saying, if you are able to move the microphone, so shall your offspring be. Now, if you are able to number them, then shall your offspring be. God tells the virgin Mary, Podunk town, Podunk town, Nazareth, Mary, 
that she has found favor with God, that she will conceive in her womb and bear a son, that the son would be great, that he would be called the son of the most high, that his son, that her son, that this son would be given a throne, a kingdom, and a reign that would never end. Poor, young, podunk, podunk Nazareth Mary, he's saying this too. It sounds like he has it mixed up, right? He should, he should be in a wealthy place somewhere, speaking to some uh, young woman who is poised and who's been trained for this moment all her life, and she's ready, kind of like coming to America. Y'all seen that? Some of my people are losing. Y'all go watch Coming to America, and you can come talk to me. God is speaking this to Mary, and he is speaking to a man without an heir about a countless multitude of offspring and to a virgin about a son who will reign forever. When God speaks to us, he often declares to us things that are beyond us. Amen? And I know... I I know the terror of that, if I could say that. Because you, you guys, if you would remember, some of you from when we first started, when Brian first put me up here, I was like, God came to the wrong town. I was Nazareth, and Brian was Jerusalem. But look, God was addressing me, but God was talking about himself. Amen. Amen. We can't get so caught up on circumstances and on our own, you know, pedagogy or ability or, or, or anything like that to feel that God cannot work through us. Remember, he's doing the impossible here. He's talking of countless multitudes of offspring to a man who does not have children. And he's talking to a poor young girl in a poor town about having a son, a virgin poor girl in a poor town, about a son who will have a kingdom that will never end. God speaks to us, but he speaks to us about things that are beyond us to get us to trust him. Amen. God declares good news. But not only does God declare good news, but he carries good news. So we don't have to feel the weight of what he speaks to us. Verse 34, we're back in Luke 1. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel said, uh, excuse me, answered her, the spirit, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. She's old, she was barren, and she's having a baby. She's six months pregnant, amen? For nothing will be impossible to God. I love that. For nothing 
will be impossible to God. I want you to feel that. I want that to feel you. I want you to take that with you. If you don't take anything else with you from Sunday morning, Luke 1, 37, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary received the word of the Lord. The burden family is on God. Yes, he speaks to us and he declares things that are beyond us, but the burden is on God. Verse 35, the angel answers, she said, how will this be? The Holy Spirit, he didn't answer, well, Mary, this is what I want you to do, right? He said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of God will overshadow you. Verse 37, 1 Corinthians uh, 15 and 10, uh, uh, Paul says, Paul says, but I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. We don't have to worry about being qualified because God is doing the work. He simply wants vessels. He wants co-laborers. He wants friends. He wants a people called by his name. Amen. God declares marvelous things over our lives that are, are again, are, are, are great for us. And oftentimes, because we can't see it, we sit on it rather than receive it. But again, family, the burden is on the Lord. Has he spoken and shall it not come to pass? Has he said it and shall he not make it good? Uh, Philippians 1 and 6, and I am sure of this. Hear the language, and I am sure of this. I'm sold. If I, don't, if I don't know anything else, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. 2 Corinthians 12, starting with verse 9, he says, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness, in your, in your uh, uh, childless, in your old age and, and barrenness, in your podunk Nazareth town and virgin and being betrothed. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Getting this, Paul says, therefore I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness. Guess what? I'm, un I'm unqualified. But God is not. Can you, can you imagine, can you picture, can you picture Paul and uh, uh, Silas in jail, right? They're locked up. They have no reason to sing. They are in jail. And Scripture says, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises to God. They weren't bound for much longer because something miraculous happened. But the text is not about Paul and Silas's prayer, prayer meeting and praise and worship session. It's about God setting captives free. Amen. Yes, God speaks to, speaks to us things that are great, but it is God who does the work. He says, I will all the more gladly boast in my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. God speaking great things to us, great things over us, should not cause us to shrink back. It should cause us to run. He said, I worked harder than any of them, but yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. 
It should cause us to run. God carries good news. Mary, we receive it. She received the word of the Lord, amen. Be it unto me according to your word. She received it, but who, who brought the conception? Amen. The Holy Spirit will come in, upon you. The power of God, amen. God carries good news. Don't shy from God speaking things over your life. Verse 39. In those days, Mary arose and went uh, with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered... Excuse me. Bad to have glasses sometimes and still can't see, right? Verse 40. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Praise God. God told Abram that through you, all the nations would be blessed through you y'all getting this through you through your faith through your obedience getting caught up through you going Mary arose and went what would happen if she stayed home right she didn't go to Elizabeth's house. She didn't walk in the house of Zechariah and Elizabeth. She didn't greet Elizabeth. The baby didn't leap in her womb. Elizabeth wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit and had this, 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 this prophetic declaration, if you will. Receiving God's message makes us God's messengers. Nobody gives a messenger a message and ask him to stay put. He is to deliver. Amen? God has made us heirs and joint heirs. We are ambassadors. Given the ministry and work of reconciliation, go, therefore, into all the, into all the earth. Amen? Scripture says, if our gospel be hid, it's hid to those that are lost, because Mary trusted God to carry good news. Not only did he do a work in the life of Elizabeth, he did a work in the life of John the Baptist six months in utero. Sanctity of life. God confirms what he just told Mary via Gabriel and gives John his first witness as Jesus' forerunner, his own mom. Awesome, right? God multiplies good news in our going. If, if Mary had just stayed home again, we, we wouldn't have had that. Uh, if Pastor Brian would have stayed in Tallulah where he was, we wouldn't be here right now. But because he obeyed God, was it great? Father, you want me to go to Vicksburg and do what? With who? God, you want me to sell my house and move? 
God, you want me to change jobs so I'll have more time to do what? If he wouldn't obey, if he, if, he, if, he, if, he, if he wouldn't have obeyed God, none of us would be here. And God is multiplying good news. Just look around the room. I wouldn't know any of you. But look towards verse 46, verse 46, as we work our way to a close. And our final point, the fruit of good news is praise and honor for God. Again, he's talking to people, but he's talking about himself. And this is Mary's reaction, if you will, for what Elizabeth just said. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy for, uh, is for those who Fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their uh, hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their uh, thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. The fruit of you going is praise and honor to God. If Mary had stayed home, Again, none of this would have happened. When God speaks great things over our lives, things that are far beyond us, things that we may not understand, things that may make us uncomfortable, things that may sear us to the bone, we cannot afford to sin. Because when we do, not only do we miss our blessing in that part, we, and I, I can't even say, no, I can't even say that. I, I'll share with you, with you what I was going to say. We, we rob God of glory and also keep him from proving himself as promise keeper. But that's not true. Why? Because, again, the burden is on God. We read in the text that even if the rocks, even if you refuse to pray, that God will cause the rocks to cry out. So we are, we are important in God's plan, but we are not that important in God's plan. Are you feeling me? We are not so important in God's plan that if we refuse God, that he wouldn't raise up another. But why miss that moment? Why miss that opportunity just because you feel inadequate? Why miss the opportunity to be a part of what God is doing when he has called you by name? See the text. Moses, Moses. Was he a perfect man? No, search the text. Search the text. Elijah, bad prophet, man, pulling fire down from the sky, outrunning chariots. The man is doing crazy stuff. 
The woman seeking to kill him. Nobody's perfect. Look through the story. Pick, pick your favorite Bible hero and go search him. They got dirt. They had moments of weakness. Even our father Abraham, they had moments of weakness. But they received what God said to them. And they went. And God did glorious things for his name. God did glorious things. They went. God did glorious things. Are y'all getting this? They went. God did glorious things for his name. Go. Go. God speaks. God carries. God multiplies. God is praised. Amen. God speaks. God carries. God multiplies. God is praised. Let us pray. Father, we are so grateful for all that you are in us and through us, for us. Father, we confess to you our weaknesses. We confess to you our fear, Lord, but we also pray, Lord, that you not allow those things to cripple us, that you not allow those things to remove us from your plan, O oh Lord, but that you would fill our hearts and our minds and all of our beings with your purpose and with your praise for your glory. Father, I pray for each and every heart that is in this place, Lord, and I pray that you would strengthen them for the journey ahead. Father, no, it's not comfortable, and you know that. Grateful, Lord, as the text points out to us, O oh Lord, that we have not in our priests who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. You know just what we feel. Even in the sending, Father, as Jesus, as you prayed, Lord, to your Father, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not as I will, but thou will be done. Father, let us have that moment. When you speak to us and you send us out, let us have that moment in the midst of our doubt. Let us have that moment, Father, nevertheless, not as I will, but thou will be done. That your work might multiply in the earth and that your name might be praised for your glory and for our good. In Jesus' name, amen. This message was brought to you by the family and friends of City Light Church. For church worship times, directions, support opportunities, or other ministry information, please visit www.citylightvicksburg.org.